Welcome to the podcast, Outing Religion, a diversity-affirming conversation on society and religious thought. With the author of the book series, Why and How the Clergy Lied, a journalist's academic report on LGBTQ and Christianity. Here's D.L. Day. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We're going to talk today about a historic meeting that occurred during the Synod on Synodality of the Roman Catholic Church in the fall of 2023. In Rome, Pope Francis had a special audience with a Roman Catholic nun, and the meeting generated more than a little bit of notice and controversy. The picture of the meeting on social media drew comments like these. Terrifying times in the last days. Ew, this is sickening news. I'm sure they had a gay old time. And one said, the Lord was absent. The Pope's guest was Sister Janine Gramick. She and Father Robert Nugent were founders of an organization called New Ways Ministry. They founded a ministry, so why all the controversy? Well, today we're going back in time briefly to talk about Sister Gramick, and we will start with an excerpt from an interview we did with her way back in 1985. At that time, Sister Gramic had already been quite openly and unabashedly specifically ministering to LGBTQ people for over 10 years and getting some heat in the church. She explained the mission of New Ways Ministry. Well, New Ways Ministry is a national Catholic organization uh, that seeks to promote reconciliation between the Christian church and the lesbian gay community. And we do it in a variety of ways, but our our primary goal is reconciliation. We believe the point in time of our interview, 1985, is important because it represented an interesting period in relationship to the Catholic Church and the LGBTQ community. There were many elements in the Catholic Church that believed the Church was on the verge of a dramatic change in its approach to ministry to LGBTQ people. Recently, we had an interview with Dr. Daniel Helmeniak, who was at the time a Catholic priest, and he talked about that very special period in the 70s and 80s when there was a lot of hope and a lot of aspiration that there would be changes in the beliefs in the Catholic Church. Yes, I remember back to those days where there was hope that the Catholic Church would actually change its teaching. That was part of my reason for hanging into the formal ministry as a priest. And it became very clear under John Paul II that no changes were going to occur. Pope Francis right now is giving some new hope and having a struggle with the conservative wings of the Catholic Church. But back in those days, I can remember being a chaplain at Dignity in Boston, and we would have a congregation of 150, 200, 250 people singing and holding hands and praying deeply. It was a, you could palpably feel the spirit working among us. That is, has been continued to some extent in what Dignity is doing. All that from those early days, John McNeil wrote a book. He was a Jesuit priest and theologian whose field was ethics or morality. And he wrote a book called The Church and the Homosexual, which was the groundbreaking piece. That new research, the scientific research that started breaking new paths is what gave hope. That in conjunction then with the research in, in biology and in sociology and in psychology, 
there was a hope in those days that was back in the 70s and into the 80s where there was this tremendous almost euphoria with hope that the age of Aquarius was finally coming. That did not pan out. It petered out bit by bit. Dignity is still alive and well, but with a much smaller group of chapters across the United States, some in other countries, and also with much smaller numbers. And during that time, and we have been playing an interview with Sister Gramick that we did in 1985, but during that time, New Ways Ministry was formed. I was shocked to realize that that's been going on for over 50 years. I'd like any insight you can give us on the ministry that they've done. Any thoughts you can give on their presence for all that time would be really nice to have. Yes, The New Ways Ministry took a very diplomatic approach to these questions, and they define themselves as an educational ministry. So they're not taking positions on anything. They're just sharing other people's opinions in different contexts. And that way they've been able to reach out to all kinds of groups. They have retreats for uh, sisters and nuns who who might be lesbian, for priests who are gay, and for ordinary people. They do pilgrimages for LGBTQ people, and all being very pastorally supportive, as the church and even the Vatican has always said it should be, but without raising the question about sexual activity, which is the bugaboo in the Vatican teaching on sexuality. And so that way, the New Ways Ways Ministry has been incredibly powerful. It's a very stable organization. Its offices have very few people. It's a small group, but they're doing amazing work. Theologian Phyllis Tickle has written that every 500 years, the Christian church has undergone a major uh, shift, a major upheaval. And her suggestion is that we're in it right now. We're in this, we're, we're at the end of a 500 year period and we're entering the next one. And this is, uh, this is where we're seeing an upheaval in the Christian church. Yes, right on target. Remember, this was 1985. It was the height of the AIDS epidemic. When we talked with Sister Gramick, she and her organization bravely and without hesitation had provided comfort, support, love, and encouragement to people in a community stricken and dying with a devastating disease. Behind the scenes, though, the church presented anger and struggles sometimes. Oh, yes, at times, certainly. Um, I think being identified with such a new ministry and and sensitive ministry and oftentimes controversial ministry, those of us who are engaged in gay ministry feel the same kinds of rejection at times that lesbian and gay people feel. Uh, The fears that people have, uh, misunderstandings. um, And I remember hearing some sisters within the community saying things like, I don't know why our provincial lets her do that. You know, they they couldn't understand it. There was a lot of misunderstanding and fear. Well, a lot has happened since 1985. Things got better in society for LGBTQ people, then recently got worse. For all these years, Sister Gramick and New Ways Ministry have persevered. One thing that can be observed of Sister Gramick is that she has generally not spoken ill of the Catholic Church. This is even through the 1990s, when then-Cardinal Joseph Ratzinger, later to become Pope, 
ostensibly ban Gramic and Father Nugent from their ministry to LGBTQ people. The ministry persisted, and so did the determined nun. To those people who represent official church bodies, I would say their primary responsibility at this point in history is to listen. Um, They need to sit down and not say things, but listen to the experience and the pain uh, and the hopes and the desires of lesbian and gay people. Some like to believe that Sister Gramic tempered her rhetoric forced to do so by church leader intimidation and threats of retaliation. When we talked with her so many years ago, she had been dislodged by a diocese, forbidden by a bishop to use church assets for her mission. Sister Gramic never lost sight of her understanding that God specifically called her to her unique ministry to LGBTQ people. Well, that story goes way back to the early 70s when I was doing graduate work in preparation for my uh, teaching career on the college and university level. And while I was at graduate school, I met a young man with whom I became good friends. I met him at a uh, home liturgy. It's, uh, it's a worship service conducted you know, in the Catholic Church in a home. And he told me all about himself. And he uh, said that he had been uh, within... Uh, a Catholic religious community. He'd been a Franciscan, but he left the uh, religious community because he felt that his sexual orientation uh, couldn't be reconciled with the fact of being religious. You know, we we know now that you can can reconcile that, but he at that time could not do it. So he left the religious congregation and then ultimately left the Catholic Church because he felt the Catholic Church had nothing positive to say to him about his sexual orientation. He felt only guilt and um, repression on the part, you know, from from the Catholic Church. So he left the Catholic Church and was attending the Episcopal Church on campus. This was his first, I guess, introduction back to the Catholic Church when he came to this mass at a home near the university. And he, it was a profound experience for him. And he had many gay friends who would like to have that same experience. They, too, were alienated Catholics. And so what we did was um, we had a mass at his apartment for his gay friends, and subsequently we we continued that on a regular basis. And I guess from that grew an awareness within myself that God was calling me to do something for lesbian and gay Catholics who felt this kind of rejection from the church. And the the call came, you know, more came more strongly and more strongly. Uh, so that eventually uh, I found myself in full-time ministry with the gay community. While I was at graduate school, you know, it was certainly part-time. And while I was teaching, uh, I was working part-time with an organization called Dignity, which is uh, an organization for lesbian and gay Catholics. And I worked ministerially as a chaplain. Part of what generated some of the political heat for her over the years has been linking her theology with a devotion to equality. Way ahead of her time, she promoted messages of civil rights, gender equality, feminism, and recognition of the faults of patriarchy. Another component that we um, deal with at, at New Ways Ministry is direct service to the lesbian and gay community in terms of retreats, uh, providing spiritual uh, nourishment uh, for lesbian and gay Christians. Just to mention a project that's coming up in the near future, we're having a workshop for 
uh, women religious, uh, that is, nuns, who uh, either are lesbian or who are exploring their sexual orientation. So that's, I guess, um, combining two of these components, the component of education and direct service. One point of convergence is the fact that I think both the feminist community and the, the gay community uh, sees that our society has been dominated by a male, patriarchal, heterosexual structure. So then I think what both movements are trying to accomplish is to um, present an attitude of equality and mutuality among people, be those people men and women, gay or straight, white or uh, people of color, um, to, to uh, inculcate equality. And I think that's the, what the feminist movement is about, and that's certainly what the gay movement is about. So looking at homosexuality from a feminist perspective would certainly critique the patriarchal structure that we're in. Sister Gramick also has courageously stood up, persisted, and taken the heat for her declaration of the status of LGBTQ people in the church. It was spoken early and often. I know many such people as you have described, uh, lesbian or gay, happy, healthy, uh, Christian, and also Catholic. These people, I think, have come to that kind of integration of their religious background and their sexual orientation, probably through some struggle, definitely through some struggle. Um, but they have grown, I think, to be mature in their faith. To, and uh, perhaps in some cases, not in all, but in, perhaps in some cases, to take a position that's in, uh, that stands in a radical departure from what their official church teaches, uh, and, and maybe in other cases not. Remember, at the time of this interview we're playing, 1985, she had already been ministering to LGBTQ people for well over a decade. For over 50 years... The New Ways Ministry has had an affirming message for LGBTQ people. Some of the social media comments responding to Sister Gramick's audience with Pope Francis suggested he might scold her for her activities. In 2021, a handwritten letter to the sister was from Pope Francis, and it compared her ministry to having a tenderness like the style of God. He recognized her for over 50 years of compassion, closeness, and tenderness, as he called it. Well, folks, we just wanted to spend some time today noting Gramic's visit with the Pope and reliving some of her comments we recorded almost 40 years ago. A lot of years of service touching so many lives. Thank you for listening. Tune in again, and please visit the books. For centuries, LGBTQ people have been subjected to scorn, ridicule, and abuse. This has been primarily based on a small collection of ancient biblical references. The books Why, The Clergy Lied, and How, The Clergy Lied, a journalist's perspective on LGBTQ and Christianity, unveils a clandestine and sinister pattern of half-truths, outright lies, identity appropriation, misrepresentation, and treachery that have been used to perpetuate the rebuke. The book reveals how a quest for power and money inspired oppression of LGBTQ persons just as it has through church history for women and slavery. Drawing details from historical study, feminism, liberation theology, and psychology, this book provides one of the most comprehensive reports to be found on the Christian church's response to massive paradigm shifts 
in the understanding of gender and masculinity. Pointing to the church's patriarchal foundations and manipulation of scripture, the author suggests that asking, does the Bible condemn homosexuality, is the wrong question to be posed by LGBTQ people. This book examines the real questions we ought to be asking. With sections on gender, various denominations, and black churches in the US, it's a handbook for liberation, and for faith deconstruction and reconstruction, not just for LGBTQ folks, but for all persons brought up in the Christian faith. Why? The clergy lied. A two-book series on sale now.